Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Vicente Fox is the former president of Mexico, and he owes Donald Trump an apology. Because what he said about this seven-year-old girl who died in Border Patrol custody is not only false, is so completely and totally disgusting that I can't do it justice, but I'm going to try. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY is the number. 833-468-8669. That's how you get to be a part of the show. These people coming, trying to come to the United States. Part of this caravan. A caravan which, by the way, does not care at all for the people in the caravan. They could care less about the people in the caravan. Less about their lives, less about their futures. No, what they care about is the politics of the thing. They care about the attack that it puts or the pressure it puts on people regarding immigration. They care not about the conversations of legal and illegal immigration. They care not about the fact that illegal immigration is not something that should be rewarded. It's not something that should be accepted. No, you accept everybody we tell you to accept. Otherwise, you're bigots. Vicente Fox wants to add murderer. Seven-year-old girl is dead. And the seven-year-old girl is dead because she was making her way from Guatemala and she was dehydrated and she got to the U.S. border. She was in Customs and Border Patrol custody and she died hours later. Vicente Fox, in an interview with TMZ, said, um, it's very sad, but and I'm quoting here, it's not the only case. There's plenty more. This is not what U.S. is all about. This is what Trump is all about. Continuing that Trump doesn't have any love or care or compassion to anybody. He followed up, I don't know why this nation has a president like him. We all miss the United States that we've known for years and years. The leader in the world. A nation that cares and builds a better world. So I hope you get rid of Trump soon. Such absolute trash is Vicente Fox. I mean, it just is what it is. This girl wasn't killed by Border Patrol. This girl wasn't killed by Donald Trump. What a disgusting thing to say. Oh, look, a seven-year-old girl is dead. Great opportunity to try and kick Donald Trump's ass, don't you think? Just a dream come true moment. I'll take the death of a seven-year-old, and I'll turn it into my personal soapbox. Oh, it's ugly. It is ugly as sin. No, the parents aren't at fault for dragging the girl. Mexico isn't at fault for allowing them into Mexico. I mean, they, they didn't they didn't get into Mexico by some kind of hovercraft. They didn't get into Mexico because they got beamed there. They got into Mexico one foot in front of the other because Mexico allowed them in. No fault to Mexico on this whatsoever. Too ugly for words. And we talk about this a lot, this this Trump hate 
completely overwhelms decency. Decency is 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 tertiary if, if at best. It is so low on on the totem pole uh, that these people can't find it. That's how complete their Trump hatred is, and it's all consuming on, on every level. Emily Zanotti reporting over at Daily Wire that the father of this girl supposedly hires a pair of lawyers now and is going to challenge Homeland Security's claims of how his daughter died. So a guy who is not a U.S. citizen who brought his daughter to the United States is now saying, oh, no, we were fed, everybody was hydrated, it's all the fault of the United States. But there's another report that says that the father's like, listen, I don't have any issue with how uh, the Department of Homeland Security or, or, or Border Patrol handled everything. So there could be some conflicting things here. But even in the, to, to the first part, what do you mean he hired a lawyer? How did the guy hire a lawyer? How in the world did he hire a lawyer? Producer Ari is like, you know how? Of course I know how. Because the objective is political, the objective is not decency, and there are people waiting for this moment to be able to go after the United States on on border security. They want an open borders policy, and they will take any dead seven-year-old they can to move their agenda forward. Tell me more about who's decent and who's not. Good God. But if you want to really look at the... the, uh, the, the 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 racists. If you want to look at the real real bigots that are out there, uh, there's a theme park. There's a theme park that has decided we've 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 got the right idea. We know exactly what we're gonna do. We're gonna offer the immigrant experience. It's seventeen bucks. Right? Uh, that That's uh, 350 pesos. It's $17. And what you do is you get the opportunity to become an immigrant for the night. And then you can reenact an illegal border crossing to the United States. It's a four-hour walk over very challenging terrain. Speaking of the bigots, it's a theme park. That's offering this opportunity. It's 17 bucks, 350 pesos. And you can do this. I should have mentioned that the theme park is in Mexico. $17 Park Eco Alberto in El Alberto, Mexico offers the experience. The illegal border crossing experience has been running since 2004. There's also an extreme six-hour version, which costs $25. See, why? when we talk about the, the, the bigotry and the hate uh, of this, man, they figured out in Mexico how to make a couple bucks off the idea. When people in Mexico say we don't want these people from Guatemala and Honduras in the country, no one's calling them racist or bigoted. I don't know why not. You, you can't even get mainstream media to report the damn thing. It's offensive that we still allow this kind of reporting to take place, like uh, what Vicente Fox said, without shutting him down on every level. That's the kind of statement 
to which uh, Obrador, the new president of Mexico, should say, hey, you shut your mouth. You know uh, that that's that's not true. You know uh, that's not factual. You know that's an indecent thing to say. And if you think that the United States are are, are somehow mocking immigration, here, here's our theme park. This is what they do. And most importantly, Mexico does nothing. They allow it to happen. So just, I want to make sure everyone knew this story. Now, if more information comes out, I'll share it. But based on every bit of information right now, this this trek just destroyed her. She got detained and taken into control, into custody by Border Patrol. Began having seizures eight hours after being detained. Got flown to a hospital in El Paso. Died less than 24 hours later. There is a real humanitarian crisis happening on the border, and it's happening because people are more interested in politics than people, and Vicente Fox is one of those people. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, we stream the show. You can check it out for yourself, facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio. You can see what producer Ari looks like, and then immediately turn the other way. 833 833- that's a hysterical joke. 833-468-8669 is the number. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. Uh, so lots of movement today politically. Um, you've got Lamar Alexander, Tennessee senator, saying that he is not running for re-election in 2020. It's going to be an interesting uh, running there, whether or not Democrats think that, again, this is a possible pickup. You had Bob Corker not running for re-election. Martha Blackburn. Marsha, sorry, Marsha Blackburn winning uh, that seat. He is not going to be running. Then you have uh, uh, in Indiana the mayor of South Bend, Pete Buttigieg, who is not running for re-election mayor, and now he's heading out to Iowa. That's a Democrat. Yes, he's going to be running uh, for for president. Uh, Is he going to win? Oh, God, no. Um, Is he going to get himself a cabinet position somewhere? Absolutely. You, you could talk about him being a good public speaker all, all, all you want, but uh, listen, uh, he's, he's not going to be the great white hope that Beto O'Rourke is. He, Beto, he, just, he, he just can't be. Sorry, there's only room for one superstar, and his name is Robert, I mean Beto, and he's whiter than white. And he's going to team up with Joe Biden, who is the whitest of white. Enjoy Reed of MSNBC. She's sick and tired of all these white people running for president. What's the most important constituency for Democrats in 2020? Black women. And I've heard plenty of black women say, if there's not a black woman on this ticket, I'm not voting. I'm not excited. I'm not enthusiastic. If the Democratic Party wants to run seriously in 2020, they can't relegate black women to second class. They can't relegate black women to a consolation prize. Yeah, and by by the way, uh, uh, E.J. Dionne, they can't run two white guys. I mean, the idea that you have um, Joe Biden talking to Beto O'Rourke and saying maybe they could be a ticket, I personally find it hard to understand how you get the requisite turnout among voters of color if it's a two white male ticket. If I mean, women are going to be outraged if there's not a woman on the ticket and voters of color are going to say, well, then why are we participating? There is so much to unpack from this insanity of, of, of audio. First, 
I, I, I don't know the guy that Joy Reid is speaking to right there. Who the hell is relegating black women to second-class stat? I don't even know where that comes from. I don't know why it, it gets into that conversation, but but let's start with 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 Joy Reid on this. Um, Joe Biden talking to Beto O'Rourke and saying maybe they could be a ticket. I personally find it hard to understand how you get the requisite turnout among voters right. of color. That's the most telling line in the world. Requisite turnout among voters right. of color. What you are now witnessing from this point on is Joy Reid of MSNBC explaining how important and how completely enveloped the progressives are by identity politics. You can't get the requisite votes of people of color if you have two white guys because two white guys can't be good enough. Unless you have the proper ratios, not the proper people, you can't get the votes. That's what she's saying. Requisite turnout among voters right. of color if it's a two white male ticket. If I mean, women are going to be outraged if there's not a woman on the ticket. You can't get women to vote because of identity politics amongst progressives because they will only vote if there's a woman on the ticket. And voters of color are going to say, well, then why are we participating? So unless there's a black woman on the ticket, I guess black women are staying home. And if there's no woman on the ticket, all women are staying home. This is the argument being put forth by Joy Reid. Well, it's the smart argument if indeed you believe in identity politics and you follow that ball all the way down the field. If you go down this road, this is eventually where you end up. And Joy Reid has done us all a miraculous favor by showing us exactly how serious they are by this. First things first, Beto and Biden, or Biden-Beto, depending on, yeah, it would be Biden-Beto. That would be an unbelievably formidable ticket that could beat Trump-Pence. Oh, oh, I absolutely said it. You want me to you want me to say something else? Gladly. If you were to see Biden Beto, you will see no more Pence. Biden Beto and Pence is off the ticket. What we 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 taking bets here? You want you want to place a bet with me? Totally. Do it. Head on over to Facebook, Facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio. Place your bet. Place your bet. It's totally how it's going down. Nikki Haley's going to be on that ticket so fast. Going to make your head spin. But but Biden better would be would be uh, totally totally formidable. And some people th- on on Facebook think that I'm wrong. That's it's adorable. It really is. Of course, they would try and toughen up that ticket. They would try and sexy up that ticket. And I'm not I'm not anti uh uh, uh Pence by the way. Not in the slightest. I'm just saying I'm not saying, uh, you know, uh, that at all. Uh, Larry on, on on Facebook saying it won't be Trump. Now, this is, you're, you're quoting me. I'm still not convinced that Donald Trump is running. I'm still not there. But this whole, it's really important to hear. Yeah, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think Trump's going to be the nominee. To, to see this from Joy Reid, this is how they think and act. Notice that if you're playing the game of identity politics, you never once ask about the substance of the identity. Congratulations, you have decided that you will only elect black women. There are 
plenty of black women who are qualified and capable. Did that part matter to you? If I am only focused on the identity, which is, oh, look, black woman, well, nothing else matters. Qualifications and the rest are, are, are insignificant. The same thing would apply to if I'm only focused on white male, if that's the thing I vote for, well, the, the qualifications to you are insignificant. Again, identity politics and totally valueless. It's not going to help you. It's not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to uh, do anything that 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 makes your life better. Only voting for people who who are are with you on on the on the policies can make your life better. That doesn't seem to matter to anybody. Nor did the fact that Mika Brzezinski didn't apologize. Mika Brzezinski who uh, the other day was talking about Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State. She's uh, the host of of Morning Joe with Joe Scarborough, her lava. Do, do, do we say that? Lava? Like uh, like in, a, in, a, in, in Sex and the City style, right? You've never seen Sex and the City? No, 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 no. You can see Sex and the City. You, dude, you got to know things culturally, dude. Don't, oh, look at me. I'm a man. I've never seen Sex and the City. Okay. All right, just, just settle down. Settle, settle down, you, with all your, your testosterone there, Producer Ari. I, I watch all things so I know how to have a conversation. Um, so, uh, so Mika Brzezinski, who is, uh, is married to, to Joe Scarborough, she's very upset uh, that the, the Trump administration and Mike Pompeo, the Secretary uh, of State, uh, they, they won't uh, come out and say that Jamal Khashoggi was murdered by Mohammed bin Salman and it's the most despicable thing ever and we should cut all ties with Saudi Arabia. We should not cut all ties with Saudi Arabia. Doesn't make me a fan of Saudi Arabia. We should have cut all ties with them September 12, 2001. And then we should have had a little fun redecorating the entire nation as a parking lot. But I didn't get my way, and here I am now. And Saudi Arabia is the ally, and Iran is the one with weapons, missiles that can have a nuclear capability to them, and that's who we have to destroy. Can't allow those people to gain a foothold in the area. Can't allow those people to 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 aggressively grow in the area. That's what so much of the Yemen civil war is all about. The Yemen civil war is all about a, a, a proxy war between Saudi Arabia and Iran, it's really, I'm going to be digging into that over the next couple of days. It's its really important to understand. We'll get to that a little bit later. But the U.S. and the administration will not say that they're going to cut ties with, with, the, with the nation. They're not going to cut ties. Uh, they're going to say, listen, Saudi Arabia decides who their leader is, and their leader is Mohammed bin Salman, and that's who we're working with. Well, this was not enough for, for Mika Brzezinski, and she refers to... Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State, as, as Trump's blank boy. You you may have heard it. I'm going to let you go. I said it once here on the air, and I don't know if I want to repeat that because I don't know. I did it because it was newsworthy. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna repeat it. Mika Brzezinski goes on to the air goes on air to apologize. Listen. I was off yesterday for a family matter, as you mentioned, but I wanted to address a term that I used on this show on Wednesday that was vulgar. I knew it right away, and I tweeted that it was a terrible choice of words and that I was sorry. But please allow me to say this face to face. The term is crass and offensive, and I apologize to everyone, especially the LGBTQ community and to my colleagues for using it. 
It was a mistake. My father would have found it so unbecoming and disrespectful, and he would have told me, I will work hard to be better. But I just wanted to say on camera, looking the viewers straight in the eye, I am really, really sorry. So now to the news. Here's the news. She never apologized to Mike Pompeo. Apologizing to her coworkers, apologizing to the LGBT community. Oh, sure. Mike Pompeo, does he get a uh, get an apology? Yeah. No. No apology for him. That's, come on. I say that I'm out of a job. Anybody on Fox says that they're out of a job. Any radio host you know and love, like yours truly, out of a job if they said what Mika said and there would be no apology that would be accepted. Not a one, not and not for a second. Yet with, with her, that's what you get. 43 seconds of non-apology apology. And it's and 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 now it's over. I, 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 I said this before, I'll say it again. Where is gay America on this? Why, why are they not being loud? Why are they just okay with this? It, it, why is gay America okay with this, with what Mika said? Why are they just, you know, allowing it to happen? I, 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 didn't, I didn't realize you were willing to accept being treated that way. We'll remind you of this treatment when somebody else says something rude and you get upset by it. I'm just curious as to where they are. Silence is amazing. I'm totally Aquaman obsessed. $260 million this movie has taken in overseas. It hasn't even hit the U.S. yet. In the meantime, Mortal Engines, which is based on the book, total failure, only $7 million in the U.S. I mean, it's Peter Jackson. It's the guy who did Lord of the Rings. Total failure. Marketing is everything. I mean, marketing is just everything. Maybe it was wrong to go up against uh, Aquaman. Maybe that's just uh, not the right idea. Maybe uh, people are less interested in how uh, books become movies because it never matches up, right? You People who, who read these stories, it never matches up. It never It's never as good, and they get disappointed and everything else. Or maybe it's a bad movie. We'll find out. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY. That's the number, 833 468 8669. A federal judge in Texas has ruled that Obamacare is unconstitutional. All right, everyone settle down. All right. Yes, this judge who uh, is is down there on on one of the district courts, his name is Reed O'Connor. He said in his 55 page opinion that because the tax cut got rid of the individual mandate. You cannot separate the part from the whole. So therefore, all of Obamacare is unconstitutional. Yay! Now, do not get yourself worked up over this because this ain't gonna hold. It's not that I don't want it to, and it's not that indeed Obamacare and the idea of forced universal healthcare, government-mandated healthcare, is unconstitutional as I would see it. The idea that that John Roberts, the Chief Justice, said, oh, well, it's actually a tax, and therefore Congress is allowed to engage in taxes, so it's fine. That's, I would laugh at the man today. 
But one of the things he did say that people do leave out when he made that decision, he said, listen, it's not for us to to decide that the country has made a mistake in these things. And if, if the people think they, they, they made a mistake, well, they, they can vote for people who will get rid of it. But you're asking me to take a look at whether or not this is constitutional. And as I see it, and with how he saw it, that, that I, I find most disturbing because, well, I don't think it's accurate. But he always said, vote for other people. Well, that is, of course, the answer. It's always the, 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 the remedy. But this ruling from this, this Judge O'Connor is going to get challenged. It's going to be appeals, all sorts of things. Uh, Chuck Schumer has already been, you know, so front and center on this story. And, and we're going to fight this and we're going to we're going to uh, get the Senate on this immediately. And we're going to we're going to put an end to this. It's just uh, completely, completely unacceptable. Look, here's here's Chuck Schumer from Meet the Press. It's an awful, awful ruling. We're going to fight this tooth and nail. And the first thing we're going to do when we get back there uh, in the Senate is urge, put a vote on the floor, urging an intervention in the case. An intervention. But what I think is so great is that about that is that it turns out for all they want to talk about Robert Mueller, uh, Senate Democrats are not really okay with an independent judiciary. They, they have a serious problem when things don't go their way with an independent judiciary. Congress should intervene because no judge down there in Texas. Is, is that, would that be the proper? That's, I, that's the way I think uh, Schumer would do, would do the uh, impression. And then none of them uh, Texas judges should be able to, you know, uh, have any impact on what we Americans think. It's I'll let I'll let Schumer deal with the hypocrisy there, but no one should get too out of control. Even the White House was like, hey, we really applaud this decision. The law stays in effect because they know they're not crazy. Uh, The it's an interesting conversation, though, about the whole idea of the part in the whole, because this has been talked about for a while that you can't have the rest. What is I'm going to call it interesting. Maybe you would call it bothersome. Is is what happens next? Because the president, hello, he took to Twitter. Hey, sir, how are you? You doing all right? You having yourself a a good day? Things things going well uh, in in your neck of the woods? Yeah, yeah, doing good, doing fine, good, good. I worry about you, sir. I worry about you, sir. Hi, Tony. Hey, uh, he wrote as I predicted all along. Obamacare has been struck down as an unconstitutional disaster. Now Congress must pass a strong law that provides great health care and protects pre-existing conditions. No. That's not what I want. I want the market to take care of it. I don't want government involved in the process at all. But they've been talking about this throughout the election. And part of the what it was, this was to try and blunt Democrats was uh, the protecting of of pre-existing conditions, which, by the way, I think we all have a pre-existing condition. I'm not sure what it's supposed to mean. I am not sure as of yet what that's going to look like because as a guy who doesn't want government involved in this at all, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be unhappy. Now, I'm in favor of of a series of things, including the selling across state lines and the ability to create different pools in order to bring down costs. 
I am totally fine with it all. I am also uh, a, a massive believer that we have to get rid of this very, very concept of insurance as we do it now. Insurance should be for cancer and car accidents. Everything else, pay cash. Why is it a, why is it a different methodology? You explain to me why it is that we always engage this as this totally different economy. My brakes don't work. I go to a mechanic and I get brakes. I pay cash for the brakes. Why is there not this in 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 the conversation of healthcare? For a cold, you need you need insurance and a copay. For certain ailments, you need that. You don't need that. You don't need that at all. Now, I didn't say that for for cancer and car accidents or big things, you might want to have catastrophic uh, coverage. Well, it was catastrophic coverage, and there's another name for it. There's another name for it on Twitter. Tony Katz, hit me up. What am I? I'm 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 blanking on the name. So I'm down there. I'm good for that. Totally fine. I, you need you need uh, health insurance for for a, a checkup. It doesn't make it doesn't. No, no, no. We make it expensive because we create a false economy around it, Ari. Right? It's expensive. It's all expensive, if you will. But we it doesn't help us to create basically a a a pretend uh, world around it where only insurance can help make it happen. So the insurance causes the cost to go up to the person who wants to pay cash because the insurance company is going to work with the doctor to bring that price down. That's why the price is brought up. It, when I put the price of my TV at X, and then I look how I put it on sale for forty percent off, it's it's t- very often the same mathematics. That doesn't mean that there isn't complexity to healthcare, and I would never make the claim that I have every single decision on healthcare. But doesn't anybody else find it curious that we treat this thing unlike anything else in America? We have created a false economy around it. Maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe that's a huge part of the problem. So, no, Obamacare is going to remain uh, for now. Not remaining is uh, Prada's new um, keychain. Oh, my gosh. I want to say for the record, I do not believe this is a case of racism. I believe this is a case of out-and-out stupidity. Prada. We're talking about Prada. Talking about the the brand, right? One of the brands in, in, in America. You know, the devil wears Prada. All that jazz. Um, Prada put out a, um, a, a uh, they're calling it uh, a fantasy charm. I, I thought it was a keychain. Yeah. I mean, even, even uh, the people at Daily Beast refer to it as a keychain. Um, and the keychain supposedly, allegedly, is about is like putting some brand uh, components together. When you look at it, it looks like a person in blackface. It's exactly what it looks like, and 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 it's it's this like little character almost, and it's 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 two arms and legs. And and it, it, it's it's brown and giant red lips and and then white eyes almost and then this black it looks it looks so much like old school the 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 uh, sambo blackface concept it's out of control 
what Prada said is that these uh, Prada Malia, the Prada Malia is what they call it, are fantasy charms composed of elements of, of Prada, imaginary creatures not intended to have any reference to the real world, and certainly not blackface. Well, that's great. That's great. That's what you wanted to put together. What you put together is 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 this blackface character. It's insane. And that's why I say it's not racism, it's stupidity. I am willing to bet you. I am willing to bet you cash dollars that they quite literally didn't know. We are going to keep witnessing this problem of corporate ignorance and, 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 uh, no, that's the best way to call it. I was going to call it something else, but then I realized I'm on radio. It's corporate ignorance. The people in charge have no connection to history. They don't know anything about history. They don't know what it is that they're putting out. Everything is new to them. They think that they've created something cool here. They don't know that it has connection. People watched Childish Gambino's video, This Is America, and didn't know that that opening scene from Donald Glover is a throwback to exactly this. It's a throwback to Jim Crow. So, make, dude, I'm sorry. I, I'm not down with everything Donald Glover does, and I don't quite understand the summertime. The, is it summertime? The, the 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 cartoon video, summer or something or other. I forget. But uh, this is America. As, as a song, it doesn't it doesn't hold. With the video, it's an unbelievable piece of art that is worth watching. But people don't know. They have no historical context at all. None. It is fascinating. And that's what happened with, with, with Prada. They followed up, did Prada, saying the resemblance of the products to blackface was by no means intentional. But we recognize that this does not excuse the damage they have caused. So they've got, they've got statements about this. It's, it's craziness. It's madness. And when asked who the hell approved this, the answer is they didn't know what they were approving. They had no historical context. I'm not, I'm not condoning it. I'm telling you what happened. And we're going to see much more of it because a lot of people don't know history. I'm Tony Katz. So in Iowa, they're pretty happy with Donald Trump. In Iowa... They think Donald Trump is on to something. In Iowa, according to a poll, two-thirds of Iowa Republicans said they would vote for Donald Trump. This is a CNN Des Moines Register Mediacom poll. 67% of the state's Republicans said they would vote for Trump if the election were held today. Now, I don't ever believe one poll. And I don't think you can put too much into, into one poll. What is interesting is what got reported by our friends at Legal Insurrection. Mary Chastain with the story. The article, according to the Des Moines Register, says uh, that Trump has an 81% approval rating among registered Republicans in Iowa. 67% say they would definitely vote to re-elect Trump if the election were held today. 19% say they would vote uh, for, for uh, somebody else. 10% say, 10% say they would definitely vote for someone else. But 63% said that Iowa should welcome challengers to Trump at the Republican Party of Iowa's caucuses. That was at February 3rd, 2020. 
So the people over there at Legal Insurrection, they start going through uh, uh, the um, the questions. And the question about a challenger is, in 2020, there will be normal Republican Party caucuses. There may or may not be candidates challenging Donald Trump for the Republican nomination. Do you think the Republican Party of Iowa should welcome challengers to Iowa to compete at the caucuses or discourage them from competing in, in Iowa? Well, 63% said they should welcome challengers. 26% say should discourage. 11% uh, n- not sure. CNN didn't put the results of how popular Trump is until the fourth paragraph. So it's it's amazing how these polls are used and utilized, how the numbers are manipulated to try and get people to provide the story that they want. By the way, if there are challengers, of course they should be welcome at the Iowa caucuses. Who the hell is Iowa to even think of saying no? Of course, if someone wants to challenge the president in a primary, let them. Uh, 150%. I'm Tony Katz. 833-GOT-TONY-833-468-8669. What's the matter, Ari? I'm just, is 66% good? Because that feels like it'd be bad to me that a third of your base doesn't, wouldn't vote for you. They may not have been his base. Oh, I thought it was Republicans. But that doesn't mean that it's Uh, it's his base, right? That's true. Those are two very, 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 very different things. Um, What it means is that the idea of, oh, these Republicans can't stand them and won't Trump out, that's not true. That's simply untrue. Now, unfortunately for us, challengers, because I, I never oppose this stuff, challengers, wait, I shouldn't say that. I sometimes oppose this stuff. But there, it's going to be John Kasich and Jeff Flake. And those aren't challengers. Those are annoyances. Right. That so so uh, that's not, you know, uh, you might as well have this. Please clap. You know, Kasich and and Flake. It's could. Do you think Jeb could run? Do you think Jeb could could suffer? Could, could handle just a couple more uh, years of embarrassment? I I wonder. And and just an update. I'm trying to get the five hundred dollar brownie. Uh, so there is a a chef in Los Angeles who is known for, you know, doing things that are wild and outrageous and getting a lot of media attention. And uh, uh, Chef Jay, or Jason uh, Harley, he debuted a $100 donut a couple years back. It was covered in 24-karat gold. Now he's got a brownie. It is made with a Johnny Walker Blue Label glaze, and it's covered in gold leaf. It is $500, but it comes with and in a humidor and with a Monte Cristo cigar. Now, this brownie has everything, right? Uh, it, it has uh, the brownie, which is the food, the Johnny Walker glaze, which is, uh, so that's the eat. Then it has the drink, the Johnny Walker blue glaze, and then it has the smoke, the cigar. The podcast that I do, in addition to the show, is Eat, Drink, Smoke. We review bourbon and 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 we review food and and we re- we review uh, cigars and it's it's up on iTunes. So you can go subscribe to it, Eat, Drink, Smoke. So this covers all three. So I've reached out to the to the chef and said, I, I want one. How, how do I get one sent to me? So I'm expecting a call back. I'm expecting a call, and uh, we're going to figure out how to do this. And I'm going to review the $500 brownie. That is happening in my life. I can't wait. I assume it's good. 
Johnny Walker Blaze is kind of interesting. You think it's just going to taste like a brownie? Yeah. Well, we're going to find out tomorrow, everyone. Take care.